to episode 21 of See You on the Air, a podcast brought to you by the creators of learning and wellbeing event, Comms Unplugged. This is the first episode that we've done in 2021. We took a little bit of a break in January because it was a bit busy with vaccinations and all sorts of other things. So we're going to dive straight in with a theme of hope. And we think that's appropriate at the moment. We've recently heard the Prime Minister's announcements about how we're going to get ourselves out of our current restrictions. So some of these were recorded before that announcement was made. But I think it's a really good time to start thinking about being hopeful for the future and how we sustain that hope and that positivity. So the very first clip is me along with my team unplugged colleagues, Darren and Georgia, just talking about what gives us hope at the moment. So welcome to February's edition of See You on the Air. And we missed out January's because January was a bit busy. I think we definitely need to, as we come into spring, come up with something really hopeful and positive as we go into the next part of the year. And of course, you know, this has been this has been a really long haul, hasn't it, for all of us and really tricky to keep our energy and keep our positivity and, and keep our, our hope burning. So I, I kind of thought a, a theme of hope would be really uh, a good one for this edition. And I looked up a definition of hope. There's a few different uh, dictionary definitions online. One says it's a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. One said it's grounds for believing something good may happen. It's about wanting something to happen and having a good reason to think that it might happen. So it's a sort of a combination between a, a wish and an expectation, I suppose. So today I've got my lovely team unplugged friends, Darren Caveney and Georgia Turner on the podcast for our first little segment of this episode. And I thought we would just have a little chat about what's giving us hope, what's keeping us going really at the moment as we continue to drag ourselves through the seemingly endless situation that we're in. So I'm going to start with you, Mr. Darren Caveney. What is giving you hope at the moment? Well, dry January is over, so that always gives hope, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know, I've, I've largely carried it into February as well, so mm. there's, a little, there's a little halo above my head. But <laughs> on a serious note, I mean, aside from obviously, you know, it feels more spring-like, doesn't it, in terms of the weather. You know, I went for a walk this morning and, you know, the spring flowers are coming through and it's it's warmer and it's a little bit lighter for long. So I think all of that obviously helps, doesn't it? I think one of the problems is if... If you look at it as a long-term thing, we knew, didn't we, that January would equal lockdown and that would go into February and it's looking like it will go into March and so on. But breaking it down into chunks. So I think for me on a personal level, it, I very much go a week at a time now. So I literally don't look further than the next week ahead, which is quite strange for me because I'd normally be quite planned and longer term. But I find that just works for me. You know, so, you know, I've... I've Today, I was looking at the diary and what I've got in for next week, you know, training workshops and, and various other things, you know, working out what I've got to do each day. But you know what? I'm not even looking at the following week. And actually, then it's a nice surprise because you can look, oh, it's this next week. I'd forgotten about that. So it possibly wouldn't work for everyone. But I found it's worked for me on a personal level that I just go a week at a time, break it into little chunks rather than thinking, oh, you know, we've got three months of lockdown and isn't this awful so that's my kind of one personal little one I suppose the second one is is feeling like you can do something creative 
And that doesn't need to be work-related, does it? So, you know, your brilliant drawing sessions that we had one last week. <laughs> I, I think anything where you can feel like you've made something or created something, I think is really good. And I think that gives hope. So even just daft things like I did a, I did a cheap, like £200 bathroom makeover. You know, yes, I did, very we, impressive. Yeah, I blitzed it in a weekend, you know, and actually I was quite pleased with it. And, you know, so I think that gives you hope and also gives you hope that you don't have to spend thousands on the bathroom. As well. <laughs> quite you right know. too. Yeah. So tile paint is my new friend. It can, <laughs> it can paint away very grubby 90s tiles. So tile paint gives hope. And I think my third one is, is around community because I think our community gives us hope, doesn't it? We, we work in the best community. And I think I posted an anonymous blog post on Monday, which has had 1,300 views already. It's been hugely popular. And it was about a comms professional who had kind of reached a low point and found the need to call Samaritans. It's a very kind of open, honest, really brave post. And what I found off the back of that was so many bits of kind of love and support to the author. And I have passed them on to the author. And I think that gives hope, doesn't it? And, you know, people check in on me. I check in on people. We all check in on each other, don't we, as a as a small team, as a larger group of comms unplugged. But, you know, so many people check in on me. And I'm talking even sponsors and suppliers and you know, so I think the community gives me hope that sometimes you can paint quite a, a picture of doom and gloom, can't you? But we work with brilliant people in a brilliant community. And I think finally, yeah, we've got, obviously we're, we're a day before the Prime Minister's announcement, aren't we, tomorrow about restrictions being lifted. So, you know, we think schools might reopen in early March, here in pubs and hospitality might be May or June. So, Hopefully they're sensible decisions based on what the NHS tell them and the scientists tell them. But, you know, hopefully we've learned some lessons. So I think that gives us hope as well, doesn't it? That there is a chink of light at the end of the tunnel. So so those will be my throw. Yeah, totally. And I think that bit about the community is really important. The other thing I think is that we've all learned to really change and adapt to this situation, haven't we? And that always gives me hope because if a year ago you'd said, right, you're all going to be plunged into working from home, you're not going to see anybody, we would have all said, oh, that's a nightmare. I can't I can't deal with that and yet we found a way to deal with it it's not ideal we don't enjoy it many of us but we've adapted and we've worked out ways to do it even comms unplugged you know we couldn't run comms unplugged but we've run webinars we've run drawing seminars we've done baking we've had tea parties so we've just tried to keep that spirit of comms unplugged going haven't we even though we haven't been able to do it the way we would like to so gee what's giving you hope what's keeping you going what's uh, what's keeping your pecker up girl well I've started a new job so yes. I'm yeah and I'm one week into my uh, new job at, at, still at BCP council obviously I have of course BCP Bournemouth Christchurch Paul going through my body like a stick of rock I think a, a seaside stick of rock obviously as of you course. would expect so I'm very hopeful that I can shine in that job. I can step up to the new level that I'm working in at now. And I'm hopeful I can banish my imposter syndrome that has come with that. And I've had lots of really lovely messages of support from people I know at, at work who have, have become directors, you know, relatively recently who have said, yep, I recognize all that stuff, Georgia, all those feelings, all that doubt, all that worry, all that lack of confidence, get rid of it. Because I was there a year ago or two years ago or however long ago they stepped up. And I look at them and think, but you're brilliant. And they say to me, yeah, but you're brilliant. So you are brilliant. it's kind of <laughs> a, mut a mutual uh, professional 
love fest <laughs> which is um, lovely isn't it? it it is really lovely and so you know that gives me a lot of hope and, a, and helps me with my with my confidence which we all need when we start something new especially I think well maybe not especially but for me I'm finding being in the organization for a long time not being seen as you've always been seen uh, mm. that you're doing what you've always done so one of the things I've got to do in that role is uh, restructure my team bringing two teams in my directorate together to form a, a new directorate so I'm hopeful that I can do that well, that I can do it sensitively, that I can do it with kindness and recognise that everyone deals with change differently. Everyone will want a different outcome. Everybody will be worried and nervous and it's, it's a difficult time as it is, let alone with that kind of change going on around you. And, and I'm looking forward to getting to know those colleagues better, some of them. I don't know as well as others. So I hope I can uh, get some new friends and some as well as some new colleagues out of that kind of work situation. You will. You're the irresistible force. The movable so. object yes. has no chance against you. <laughs> ah, yeah. Here comes Georgia. Watch out. In a good way. Yeah, <laughs> totally good way. Uh, what else has given me hope? Well, as Dee has referenced, the um, we've got the PM's announcement coming up, but also the news today that apparently all adults will have been offered their first jab by the 31st of July. Mm. That gives me a lot of hope. My in-laws live in Spain and we haven't seen them for, for about 18 months now. So as soon as we've got that jab, we are on the plane. We haven't booked any flights, obviously being very sensible. We haven't booked our flights to Spain, but I'm really, really hopeful that we can go and visit them. By the time we get out there, it'll probably be two years since my husband's seen his parents. And that's, Aww. you know, I know lots of people are going through that. I know we're not unique, but it doesn't make it less tough just because other people are experiencing it too. So no. really hopeful that we will get out there this year, even if it's right towards the end of the year, probably. And I'm hopeful, looking forward for some, a couple of little UK breaks that have carried over from last year because we were in lockdown one or two or whichever one it was when we, we couldn't, <laughs> couldn't stay away. And obviously, living in Bournemouth as I do, um, I know particularly how hard the hospitality sector has been hit by the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to doing my bit for the UK hospitality sector through those little UK breaks that we've got coming up that I'm fingers crossed going to be able to go on. What One's in June and one's in April and one's in May. So if I'm really hopeful... I'm going on the one in April. I, <laughs> if well, I so, it will be June. <laughs> and I think for you, because you 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 travel a lot, don't you? And you get a great deal out of going away yeah. and having fantastic, interesting holiday. Everything from volunteering holidays, or not really a holiday, to to other fantastic holidays like the one you you did just before lockdown. Yeah. And that's a really big thing when you're used to doing that, and that's the that's the rhythm of the year for you. And you go away. Exactly. It's really hard, isn't it, when you miss that? Actually, I'm looking forward to planning some holidays days because we've just held off on it and held off on it because you don't know where you might be able to go you don't know when you might be able to go and for me part of the planning researching a country seeing what experiences we can have there what the culture is like that's part of the joy not just being there and doing it so I'm really really hopeful that I can I can start getting some guidebooks out because I still like the old-fashioned guidebooks I put rings around things and turn pages over and all the rest of that I'm looking forward to getting a bit stuck into some of that soon hopefully doing some local volunteering again. I We just got into it a little bit. Before lockdown three, with my nephew who is autistic and he loves being outside. So we'd started doing some volunteering at the local with the local rangers, clearing scrub and, you know, just tidying up outdoor heathland spaces, making it better for nature. And I took my nephew with me and he absolutely loved it. So I really, really hope that we can get back to doing that again soon. And it's something so different to my job as well. It's really, really completely different to my job, uh, being out there, you know, chopping down 
bushes and cutting back gorse or whatever it is they tell you to do and it, I, I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, as my grandma used to say, a change is as good as a rest. So doing Quite something right, really different is really, really important, isn't it? Um, the main thing I'm hopeful for, I don't want to steal Sally Sunder because she might be about to say this. I'm going to whisper it. See you, 21. Yes, well, see you, 21. Well, we need to keep the campfires of hope burning for see you, 21, don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. But before I get on to that one, there were a couple of things I was going to mention about things that are giving me hope. I spoke quite a lot with Darren and with Adrian Stirrup on the Talking Comms podcast about the work I've been doing on the vaccination program, so particularly our large vaccination centre in Bournemouth. I won't go into too much detail now, but the hope that that brings to people, you know, that you, when you see, you've talked about your relatives and other people have spoken about the relief of seeing their parents get their, their vaccination. When you're in that centre, you just see one person after another coming through, having hope, being given hope with that little syringe in it goes and they suddenly have hope that things are going to get better for them and that's incredible and the, and the other thing is the hope that it's given to our staff because you know poor NHS staff are incredibly tired after you know an unbelievable year of pressure and stress and dealing with way more death than they've had to deal with before you know I mean that that's always a possibility when you work in healthcare but not to this sort of level and, and you know the, the kinds of care that we give you know say we're giving end-of-life care it's all planned everybody knows what's coming and you're able to help that person to have the best experience they can towards the end of their life but this has been unexpected people coming in who really shouldn't be going through what they're going through so the hope that is given to the staff and the staff have been so fantastic volunteering coming forward to do shifts at the vaccination centre because they want to be part of that positivity and that hope and it's been exactly the same for me you know being around those people and being in that centre has just been an incredible incredible thing which has made me think yeah I'm part of something that's getting us out of this so that's just been a fabulous way to start the year actually to, to open the centre in mid-January and to see you know all those people coming through as each cohort gets released on the booking system in they all come which is fabulous on a more personal note you know that I love doing my something in the post and the whole of 2020 I sent at least one thing to somebody in every single week of the year and actually many more than that it was more than one thing in most weeks and sometimes it was a little card and sometimes it was a little present but for me giving hope to somebody else it also gives hope to me I, I like to see people being perked up by those little things they're not you know they don't take a lot of effort or time on my part but they they make a difference equally the the drawing Darren you know I mean I, I, I still love learning that I'm not I'm not an expert by any means but I what I really like is being the person who says come on let's have a go together that was that's such good fun and it's great to see everybody there and giving themselves that little bit of time to just relax and chill out and try something they haven't done before or they haven't done for a long time quite a few people have said oh I haven't drawn for ages that was that was way better than I thought it would be and you've been the same haven't you Darren and Georgia actually but Darren you know I know you did a lot of drawing in your youth and that's opened up that door for you a little bit again hopefully you've been carrying on with it I have and actually I've started doing um do you know I'm not brilliant at sending cards you know birthday cards Christmas cards they it always feels like you know well a waste of paper and not the best thing to do sustainability wise also it's probably a little bit of laziness as well 
<laughs> um, what I've started doing is for for certain people drawing cards. So I've been I've been making some. You know, I did Christmas cards. I've done a couple of birthday cards, and and they're always something. They're a bit cartoonish, but they're something that that person would get as a little bit of an in joke. So so yeah, and it's and it's nice to do it. It's it's relaxing. It's fun. Yeah, I'm not the best in the world, but actually. They're not terrible either. You know, I can, I can put Yours them in. They're the brilliant. They're brilliant. And they're it, so good, Dee. They are. And it's a thing for you and for the other person, isn't it? You know, so you, I always find I get, I'll just draw anyway, whether or not I made them into a card, I would just draw or paint or so, you know, because I want to do that one evening. And then I think, oh, actually, I'm going to stick that on a card and I'm going to send it. So I feel that that's a, that's a really positive you know, mm. thing as well. And it just gives me hope that things are going to get better because I then I then get lovely something in the post as well. You know, I got something at the weekend. The lovely Tom Clements, our music man from Comms Unplugged, he he sent a CD to us all, didn't he? Of our of his little he EP did. of songs he recorded in lockdown last yeah. year, and that was amazing. So I think the whole thing about you know changing changing and adapting and knowing that you know as human beings, that's what we're designed to do, aren't we? We're designed to adapt to the situation to be flexible. And if we didn't have any challenges, we we wouldn't change and we wouldn't move forward. We would just carry on as we are. We wouldn't have made all the amazing progress we've made. We wouldn't have got vaccines through testing and so on in such a short period of time if we hadn't been forced into that situation. So I think that gives me hope for the human race that it is so adaptable and you know so able to kind of come up with new ways of doing things and new ways of looking to the future, really. It's, oh, that's very big and expansive and kind of, I don't know, I, I should be giving a speech or something, shouldn't I? <laughs> I should be up on a podium saying that. <laughs> we could have recorded this, Sam. <laughs> but i tell you what, here, here's something else for home. So I, I absolutely love your something in the post. I think it's such a brilliant idea. Somebody will nick it, of course. Uh, it's, a, it's a lovely thing, you know, and I've tried to be better at it as well. But it gives hope to Royal Mail as well, doesn't it? Because your, <laughs> your, your postal bill must be huge. <laughs> Well, I did look in my, I have got a sort of a click and drop account with the, with the post office. And uh, yeah, it's kind of scary <laughs> what I spent on postage <laughs> last year, but I just feel like it's worth it. There's loads of other things I haven't spent any money on. I didn't go on holiday. So I didn't spend loads on petrol. You know, I've saved loads of money. So those little bits, actually, it doesn't make a, a big difference to me. I think it's worth it for the positivity and the sort of you know the the good feeling that it, it spreads really so, so I think we all have some hope so yes so comms unplugged 21 dare Yay! we dare we open the book on that one it's tricky isn't it so it's in September we were lucky enough to have pretty much all of our speakers transfer themselves over from 2020 which had to be cancelled through to the 21 event so we've got a program haven't we pretty much there I think there might be one slot to feel if I from memory but yeah pretty much so so how do we feel I mean I think we've got to we've got a plan for it happening haven't we so on it is on I think so and and I'll tell you what was interesting in the week which also gave me hope is they've suddenly put on an extra test match at Edgebuster in June whether this happens or not of course it's slightly in, in in the realms of who knows but that gives you hope because actually June isn't too far away. And no. So I spent, I spent three hours, 20 minutes trying to get tickets on Tuesday or Wednesday morning and, and, and in the end managed to get some. So if that can happen in June, then comms unplugged can absolutely happen in September. Okay, well, we have yeah. got our fingers very firmly crossed for that. We have huge amounts of hope that that will happen because, goodness me, after it'll be two years from the previous 
comms unplugged event and we will all be so in need of that time away from it all won't we because all we've done has been on the screen we're on the screen right now talking to each other all we've done is interact through screens and that escape from that and that wonderful time out with that fresh air and resting our eyes from constantly being on digital media and just being in the moment with people will be just amazing what are you most looking forward to georgia at at comms unplugged hoping we can do it oh well people Mm. actual real people in 3d (laughs) (laughs) in real life yeah real life people many of whom already are good friends from previous years and new friends of course that we will make in the field new unpluggers that will join us yeah people real people what about you Darren yeah same as Georgia really but you know my favorite bit's always Friday night that's the high point for me it's the live music yeah brilliant Your daughter's band, uh, you know, Tom comes to play and that's the best. It's the best part of a really special three days. So it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Sam? Well, yes, that was very special last year, wasn't it? And of course, one of the songs that Tom recorded in lockdown last year is a song called One Night in September, which was inspired by Comms Unplugged. So we are absolutely crossing our fingers that he will be able to perform that and we can all sing along. I think it's just that sense of community that we have kept going somehow through all the digital media but to see people there to be together with people and just learning some amazing because we've got some fantastic speakers and some fantastic sessions planned again comms unplugged as a thing gives people hope doesn't it it gives people hope that they can improve themselves that they can make new connections all of those things so I think keeping it on that hopeful note that we can do it and then bringing all that hope and and learning and well-being and creativity to people in the field wow that's going to be a smasher isn't it in September going to be the best yet how emotional do you think it would be on a scale oh. of naught to 10, Georgia, how much oh. are we going to cry? Oh, God. <laughs> what are we like anyway, let alone this year? Yeah. It'll be off the scale. It will be off the scale. It's emotional normally, but th- this one will be something else, I think. Poor D. You best avoid us, buddy. <laughs> He'll be there. To, we'll, we'll be crying on each shoulder. That's what he's there for. <laughs> Lucky like you, rock. Darren. Lucky you. Such a rock. <laughs> You are a rock. Absolutely. Well, thank you, my lovely friends. So I think that starts us on a really good hopeful note. And we will be shortly hearing from some of our wonderful unpluggers about what gives them hope as well. Thank you. And we'll see you all soon. Take care. Soon. Bye. five steps to well-being and those have kept cropping up again and again on this podcast and specifically in this episode they're appearing again next up we have joanne ford one of our original unpluggers who's based up in scotland and she's going to talk about how taking notice of the little things has made such a difference to how hopeful she feels for the future Hi, it's Joanne from Loch Lomond in the Trossachs National Park here. So when Sally first said she was doing a podcast episode about hope and was looking for contributions, I have to say nothing much came to mind. It's not that I was feeling hopeless. I just didn't really have any big ideas or felt I had anything significant to say. But it did make me think. And actually over the last couple of weeks, I've started to notice a few things that are making me feel little glimpses or moments of hope. The most noticeable one has been the change in the weather. 
We've gone from having ice, snow and freezing temperatures to noticeably warmer air and nice blue skies. Not all the time, but some of the time. And I've been out out for walks without wearing a woolly hat for the first time this year. I've been for a swim in Loch Lomond in the sunshine that made the four degree water actually feel wonderful. And it definitely helps with getting changed afterwards when you're um, standing next to your car getting dressed in the open air. There's other things too. Like in the last month, both of my parents have had the first dose of the vaccine. And this week, my littlest child is going back to school in the first phase of the school returns in Scotland. We've also got a new team member starting with us this week, which is brilliant and we're all really excited about. It's another positive step after like a huge year for everyone in comms that's been busy and intense. So when I put all these things together, I actually realise I do feel quite a lot of hope. And the more I notice these little things, the more I actually expect more to come and actually realise that's a great feeling. So I think the key for me, I've realised, is actually taking notice of these little moments, being aware of them, and actually maybe even I'm thinking I might write them down, like a gratitude diary, but more of a hope diary, capturing them so that I don't miss them, because they are small things, but they do all add up. And I think ultimately that's what hope is. It's the accumulation of these little moments that all build up to a bigger feeling. Comms Unplugged, we are great advocates of the great outdoors. And next up, we're going to hear from Helena Hornby, one of our original unpluggers who is based in Manchester. Helena's going to talk about the benefits to her and the hopeful feeling brought by being outdoors and getting active, especially over the last year, to get us through everything that we've been dealing with. You can probably hear the rumble of engines and maybe the wail of a siren, the honk of a horn, as I sit talking to you from a bench outside my local supermarket, which doesn't sound very glamorous, but it's a beautiful sunny day here in uh, Whitefield, which is on the edge of Manchester. It's being outside and active that prompted me to talk to you today about having hope which is obviously the theme of this month's podcast, because getting outside and active is one of the little things that's been keeping me going throughout the pandemic for the last year. It's pretty easy to get bogged down in the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month madness of it all. And it has been one of the government directives about getting outside and going for a walk. But as many people will attest to, actually being outside in the open air and keeping moving and active has really helped me to focus. It's given my day a sense of purpose. It's given me an escape from the computer screen. It's given me time to myself when there's precious little time to be on my own. And it's just kept me going. Now that spring is in the air and you can see flowers starting to bloom, the crocuses are out, the daffodils are starting to peep through. There are signs of spring that continue to give me hope that things are going to get better and improve. I'm usually a pretty optimistic person. I like to try and look on the bright side, but like everybody, there have been some really dark moments for me and some low points. And getting outside in the fresh air or even the driving rain or the howling wind, as we've experienced a lot this year, has helped me focus and look at the positive and find hope in those small things that keep us all going. 
of the steps to wellbeing that we're going to cover in this episode is keep learning. And we're going to hear from Anna McLean, who also works up in Scotland at Loch Lomond and the Trossachs National Park. Anna has been on a journey of learning to find out more about a language from her childhood, Scottish Gaelic. She's been using the Duolingo system to learn more. And 117 days in, here's how she's getting on. This is Anna and a chicken. When I'm on earth, am I going to need to know that? But that wee noise always makes me want to keep on going. My name's Anna McLean, one of the original unpluggers, and I've been learning Gaelic on Duolingo during lockdown. I'm currently on day 117 in a row of doing at least five minutes of Scottish Gaelic on Duolingo and I have to say I find it weirdly relaxing. I don't know if anybody's used Duolingo before, it's super easy, there's a free version that's fine if you don't mind the ads. I've upgraded to the plus version now but I actually find there's something really lovely about switching off entirely doing something completely different even if it's just for five minutes sometimes if I can be bothered I do for longer. Why Scottish Gaelic? Well I was born in the Western Isles of Scotland and Gaelic was my dad's first language. He only spoke Gaelic to me until I went to school but I I, I didn't pick it up after we, we left when I was quite young and he died so I didn't have an ex I didn't have any speak Gaelic to me after that but now many years on sparked off by a blog that I read by one of my colleagues I actually thought this is a simple way to, to get back into it from the basics and I absolutely love it. It's so different to anything else that I've done before. I could always you know understand quite a bit of Gaelic because I'd been spoken to in Gaelic quite a lot as a child but I certainly couldn't read or write anything. But 117 days in, I think I'm in the top league actually, I'm in the Diamond League of Duolingo which seems absolutely amazing and I've mastered about, according to my latest test, I think about 18% of the course. I highly recommend it if you're looking for something just to, to switch off. Nothing to do with the day job. I mean, when am I ever going to need to know this is a chicken and iron brew or look, I'm not wearing any pants. Those are some of the bizarre phrases that you learn on it, but I do think Duolingo puts that in there to keep us entertained. So if you're looking for something to, to do to take your mind off the pandemic and just switch off from work, then I highly recommend trying to learn a little bit of another language every day on something simple like Duolingo. Stay well everyone, take care. We've talked in the past on this podcast about the huge mental health and wellbeing benefits that you can get from the connection you have with your pets and animals. And no one knows that better than Jill Spur, one of our original unpluggers. Jill has some fantastic reflections on hope based on her experiences through dog agility competitions. Let's hear what she has to say. So last week, I didn't really think that I was in a kind of hopeful place because I'm searching for work at the moment and I actually had three rejections last week, two interviews that decided to go somewhere else and an agency that came back and said they don't want to see you. So that was quite a lot to deal with and I naturally wasn't in a good place. And I thought I don't have hope at the moment and I certainly don't have the kind of hope you can talk about. And then it occurred to me that... 
I so often say, what's meant for you doesn't pass you by. And isn't that the embodiment of hope? The idea that a different outcome, your outcome, is still out there and it's on its way. And when you turn up again tomorrow, you're one step closer to it. I think it's really important to understand that emotionally, when you suffer disappointment, when outcomes don't go your way, when you don't get the result you want, it's perfectly natural to experience disappointment or upset or negativity. That's a healthy emotional response. We can't all be bubbly and happy and like insta life every minute of every day. So what I've done this week is give myself space to kind of let those emotions work their way through, let the cortisol leave my body and come at things fresh from Monday. And so I, I started to consider my idea of hope. And I think sometimes people think hope is this sort of gilded, wonderful, swooping energy that comes in and carries you away to the outcome that you actually want, a sort of a denouement of your life. But I think it's a lot more subtle than that. And it's something that I've learned by doing my dog sports. But my dogs are intrinsically linked with my mental health. I got my first dog, Tess, about 27, 28 years ago. To help me cope with my grief, I lost my mum three weeks before my 22nd birthday of a heart attack. I was with her. And that was quite a lot to deal with. And I got this little dog to kind of help me really come to terms with my grief. And that's how I got into dog sports, because she was a border collie and would have driven me nuts doing nothing. But my point here is very, very often when I go off to a competition, I have no expectation of the outcome because dogs aren't robots. And generally, I find that when I apply pressure to myself, so this judge should like us, we should be able to do this, we should stand a chance here. Somehow, I self-sabotage and you know, I end up doing something wrong. I've even, in an agility course, been going so well on the most incredibly difficult course and then put my dog over the wrong jump or just lost my way. Crazy. I think this is kind of what I'm trying to say. When you put too much pressure on yourself to achieve something, you don't necessarily change the outcome, but you do change the journey and you change the enjoyment you have in the journey. You change your ability to learn from what you're going through. So cut yourself some slack. Understand that emotions are very normal things to feel and we're not always happy. But actually sometimes not getting the outcome that you want doesn't mean you've had a negative experience. Some of the most amazing runs I've had with my dogs in agility have had faults, but oh my goodness, they've had so much amazing action and activity. And I started to think, you know, this idea of hope and, and the fact that so often I stepped onto the line with my dogs with no real expectation or hope of a particular outcome. But I was just there because this is what we do. This is what we enjoy. This is what we get a lot out of. I think when I put pressure on myself, that impacts on what I deliver. So don't put pressure on yourself. Life is enough pressure as it is. That's my relationship with hope. It's putting one foot in front of another. It's entering something for the experience to have a great day out with your dogs. And if you come back with a rosette, then that's the cherry on the icing. But it's, it's not why we're there.
this episode and we do hope it's left you in a hopeful mood. Now get outside, get some fresh air, see if you can find some daffodils. If you're interested in being involved in this podcast in future, then please get in contact by tweeting us on at commsunplugged or emailing us on commsunplugged at gmail.com. See you soon.